It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast, and I'm not going to lie, Todd Divis, with um, you know, several minutes left in the fourth quarter, I'm thinking, all right, Wizards, they blow one game in Charlotte, even without John Wall, they're going to get this one done, comfortable lead, they're up 17 with eight minutes to go, no way it's happening again, no way they're going to blow another game late. Further proof, I am a moron, because the Wizards did just that, lose to Portland, 108-105, C.J. McCollum killed them late, but basically the Wizards shot themselves in the foot with you know, uh, another round of bad defense, missed shots late from Bradley Beal and others. Um, this was not a fun one, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about no John Wall, how they survived without that. We're going to talk about uh, the defense, we'll talk about how Otto Porter is MIA late in games of wide, don't think it's his fault. And uh, whatever else we come up with here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast, you can find the other podcasts on iTunes, yada, yada, yada. How you doing? I'm doing well. It was a, it was a big big night for the halftime ice cream show for me. So <laughs> uh, we, I think we need a stat on that. Like, what is the record with ice cream versus no ice cream? Because these are the things I think that ultimately may be the difference with how this Wizards team uh, goes. Because it's a uh, actually I was I was gonna say it's hard to figure out what the problem is. Not really. No, they they're just not that great at defense. I mean, especially late in these games. Uh, and, you know, Bradley Beal, who I'll play some sound from here in just a few moments, you know, he also said, you know, they took the foot off the gas, and that while that's an easy cliche thing to say, I don't think it's completely wrong. I thought he made a great point of they were up 15, and if they push that to 20, then Terry Stotts starts thinking about getting Lillard and McCollum off the floor. They're on a second night of a back-to-back. Portland was. They're on the opposite coast. Portland plays again on Monday in New York. Instead, casual wizards. At this point, should we, we should probably call them front runners, right? They're just they're they're kind of front runners, and then have the, let these leads slip away in situations I, slip away. I and, thought you were going to say we should call them casual wizards, and I was going to be like, well, hold on, it's a little too close to some other side I help once in a while. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man. I mean, look, it's just this mentality where they think, all right, well, this is over, and we're just going to cruise it out here, and then they repeatedly get themselves in trouble. It's extremely baffling. Um, I'm not sure what a coach can actually do about it, especially considering that the main personnel here is not new. They're not young by, you know, years in the league standards. Um, so, you know, this happened before Wall was hurt. And then it happened again tonight, and it's very, very confusing to see keep happening uh, over and over, especially in a year where they started started it by talking about being the best team in the East, and now they're 10-9 and nine with easily a half a dozen games that they should have won already gone uh, for the year. And, and let's just be clear, this was not a game where we're going to blame the bench at all. The bench gave yep. the Wizards... Good play, um, but just as a, you know, basically in terms of plus-minus, all of them were positive except for Oubre, who played more minutes with the starters. 
Beal in 35 minutes was a minus 20, even though he scored 26. Uh, the, the bench came at multiple times, gave them good leads only for the starters to start to come in and and uh, lose some of that. Um, look, the two things I guess I would say on this, I you know, I always preface anything on this one game because I, when I, I watch, go, come back and watch the film. But the two things, one, they really, among the starting five, they really don't have any kind of defensive stopper. There's not one guy where you can say, okay, you go get that guy, and everybody else kind of play off of that. They don't have that. So, it, it, you know, Portland obviously has a ton of scoring. Uh, Damian Lillard, 29 points. McCollum, 26. He had, uh, he hit two jumpers and a three in the last 90 seconds uh, to, to sort of close it out. The other thing is, I look at the Wizards in the fourth quarter. They only had, Portland went to the free throw line 15 times. The Wizards only went two. Now, maybe you could point to a certain amount of more aggressiveness on Portland. And without Wall, the Wizards lack a guy who can get to the rim. The Wizards also, though, don't have a low post score. It's sort of like watching a football team trying to run at the clock, but they have no running game. Like, all they can do is throw it. So the Wizards are sort of stuck to some degree settling for jumpers. Uh, I'm not saying this is every game, but at least in this game it sort of was. Not getting to the free throw line enough. And there's nowhere to just say, here. Dump the ball in, you move around, get get a foul, get to the line. They don't have that, so I think the combination of, of those two things on this night really just did them in. Yeah, the, the last thing you want to do is get in a one-possession match game with Lillard and McCollum, right? I mean, what, one of those guys is going to have a weaker defender, and they are equally uh, difficult to guard. And C.J. McCollum, for me, just he, he has such an expansive bag of tricks. I think, you know, Lillard's more explosive, but... McCollum can make it from eight feet. He can make it off the glass from mid-range. He can make threes. He can put it on the floor. He's just a huge problem when you're in a one-possession game and you need to stop that guy. As he showed, he made a line, he made a layup. He made a late clock 20-footer, and he made a three before those two things. So he was a nightmare down the stretch, but that's the position you put yourself in when you don't close things out after you had a 15-point lead um, already established in the quarter against a team that's on a back second night of a back-to-back when you're arrested. Now, I, I know I, you know, based on my timeline, probably yours as well, I had people already calling for Brooks's head. Uh, <laughs> so we're, so we've reached that point of the season. Um, and, you know, look, obviously, you know, we can, you know, sure point to a few things here and there. In fairness, though, to Brooks, I mean, Bradley Beal got some good looks late. He missed, what did he miss, the last four shots for the Wizards, uh, including a, a a three-pointer, the last one to potentially tie it was a tough shot. He went for the pump fake, he said, thought he could maybe draw a foul, but also realizes that in that spot he's probably not going to get the call. But he had some good looks. They didn't go down. And, uh, you know, the other the, – the, it was – what was it? In Charlotte, right? He missed a, th- a free throw yep. <clears throat> late in that game. It could have sealed – ironically, part of the narrative for Portland after this game was C.J. McCollum earlier this year was missing some shots late in games and talked post-game about how he hadn't lost his confidence – because he knows he can do that. So we'll wait to see. We'll wait for that Bradley Beal moment for that. But, um, but I'm going to chime in here yes, while we're on this topic. So Beal was 3 for 11 in the fourth quarter. The other four starters took seven shots. Well, I, hold, hold that thought because I, I know where you're going with this. I want to get to that. But here is uh, Bradley Beal. This is actually like a full post game. Somebody else asked the first question, and basically it was me asking a bunch of questions. So. You're going to have to deal with my voice. But here is Bradley Beal explaining what the hell just happened. Brad, how can you explain 
dropping a 17-point lead and losing a game like you guys did? Uh, first place of my life, Savior Jesus Christ. Um, man, I wish we really could explain it. You know, it's just we got to stay aggressive. You know, we got to be complacent. Um, thought the game was over, but the game was never over. Um, they kept hitting. And they were knocking down shots, getting stops when they needed to. You know, and um, they closed it out. We didn't. You know, that's that's two in a row for us. And being in this type of situation, you know, we got to be we got to be a lot better. For sure. Like you said, it's two in a row games you guys lost uh, with big leads in the fourth. One game is a blip, but two more of a trend. What do you see is the, the, the issue between these two games in the fourth quarter? Knowing time and just knowing, you know, uh, time and score, pretty much. You know, we're up 15, you know, with nine minutes or however many minutes we you know, mm-hmm. you know, you got to realize that. If you get that up to 20 the next couple of minutes, you know they're gonna. Coach is probably gonna take them out of the game, you know. So we gotta, we gotta have a better mindset of that, you know. Um, continue to keep our foot on, on the gas, man, and you know and just keep attacking on defense and on offense, you know. And we gotta be a lot better, you know. I gotta close out games better. Um, we all have to on both ends of the floor, and um, you know we gotta learn from it. You know, it's, we're getting tired of, you know. Mad faces in the locker room after the games, you know, especially after we were up 15 twice in this game, you know, so we got to close it out a lot better for sure. Obviously, you guys know John tonight. How did you think the uh, late game aside, how you and uh, Tim uh, worked together today? Well, it was good. You know, it's always next man up. You know, we, you never want a guy to go down, but, you know, reality is what it is. You know, John's out. I was going to be out for a little minute, so, you know, we got we to gotta step up. I got to step up and, and be a lot better and lead the guys. Get guys involved more. You know, Tim is doing an excellent job of doing so, running the team. Uh, Tomas did a great job coming in as well. So, you know, we got we got guys who are capable of doing it. You know, uh, we know John has you know, those are big shoes to fill. But you know, at the same time, you know, we trust everybody to come in and, and, and contribute. You know, so um, you know, from those those two, they did an excellent job tonight. You know, Tim did a great job guarding Dame. Um, Tomas did too. You know, and it's it's just you know it's frustrating for sure, but. You know, we move on from it. We won't pout about it. You know, we just be men about it and on to the next one. You had the last uh, two shot attempts. What did you see on those uh, opportunities? Man, I feel like I got fouled on the last one, but, you know, that's my fault because you're not going to get a foul with two seconds left on the clock. I should have just shot the ball. But the, the pump fake, I thought was real. I thought it was good. It felt good leaving my hand. You know, uh, they were trailing me all night. Um, you know, uh, so... I didn't pump it at all, not one time, and then that was the perfect moment for it. They were going to fly it, and they did. And I guess it was just a little little guy sitting on top of the rim just knocking the ball out of there. So, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was what it was. You know, I'm, I'm not going to – I definitely put it on my shoulders because I got to close the game out a lot better, you know, lead these guys better. Um, just learn from it. Uh, I, I love that shot. I'll take it again for sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, so Bradley Beal talk, you know, putting it on himself that uh, he missed those shots late. Uh, he's got to take over more responsibility with that wall. But anyway, before that, you were talking about how Brad was taking he, – he took 11 shots. The other starters took a grand total of seven. <clears throat> and you're thinking on that is what? Is That's not the balance that they want. Um, as good <laughs> as – especially with wall uh, out of the game. So – and Otto Porter – having played very, very well 
for the majority of the evening uh, when he was on the floor. Otto took just two shots in the fourth quarter despite being on the floor for nine minutes and 20 seconds. Scott Brooks said afterward they have to find a way to get Porter more shots, especially in this situation with wall out. I'm expecting, since Brooks said they need to find a way to get Porter more shots, um, I'm going to go back and put this into the Jason Smith model, so I'm assuming Otto will have no shots for the next three games. Um, but, and, you know, they weren't, I didn't, He Brooks said he needs to go back and look at the shots that Beal took uh, throughout the evening, and again, without having watched the replay of the game yet, in my mind, I'm not, you know, they just, I can't think of some where I was like, oh, that's a really good look, and he just didn't knock it down, except his final good look, the the pump fake at the elbow that bounced off the rim twice and went out, and presumably could have won the game for them. That was a good look, but other than that, there's a lot of ISO, a lot of stuff that didn't work, uh, a lot of Bradley Beal pick and roll only, um, and little participation from the guys around him because of it. Um, and so with that point, just to go stick to the sort of the Otto Porter part of this, I definitely get a lot of people saying, hey, Otto Porter's making max money. He needs to be more aggressive. And look, I, my, my basic point is this. I don't think that's a wrong statement completely. I also think, though, you you need to be who you are. That's not his game. They, they, they didn't pay him $100 million bucks to start scoring tons of points. And the reality is, though, when starting from the third middle of the third quarter into about the middle of the fourth. He played the first 18 minutes of the second half. He was kicking butt. He he started the game 0 for 2 from the field, finished 9 of 15. He has 24 points and 10 rebounds. It's pretty hard to pick on him. Now, when you get to the end of the game, he only took two shots in the fourth quarter, and I'm not sure he took any in the last five or six minutes. My thing would be, I don't think I run that many plays for him. It looked like they ran, they were running a play for him, um, the play before Beal missed the pull-up. It was when Portland still had a foul to give in the last two minutes, and they fouled Markeith Morris. Remember that? Um, that that initially came back over to Porter and looked like a play for him, but he gave up the ball as he kind of they kind of flashed at him to trap him. He gave up the ball to Morris, and that's when Morris was fouled. But yes, I mean it, it's this weird spot, like you said. You got to be who you are, and the player that Porter is is not someone you're constantly drawing up plays for him. This is what we've been talking about for years, right? He somehow gets his despite this fact that they never run plays for him. And, and just to be clear, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 0 turnovers in 37 minutes. I mean... <laughs> on 15 I, shots. Right, right on 15 shots. Uh, this is a, uh, an analogy for the... Uh, you're an A-10 guy, for those of you who didn't know. Congrats, congrats, everybody should congrats Todd on St. Bonaventure. Not today, but from yesterday. Uh, but anyway, GW, their basketball team, they lost a whole everybody, basically. They brought four guys back. One guy, Yuta Watanabe, is the clear best guy. Similar to Otto Porter, he's more of a team guy than a solo, I'm just going to get mine guy. But they don't have anybody else. So as somebody from part of that program said to me, they need him to take bad shots. He needs to realize he has to be the man. Well, that's the thing. Otto Porter doesn't. They, they're playing with NBA players. I mean, they have other good guys who can score. But he's often making the right play by not taking – being overly assertive, but nonetheless, he's going to have to do more. They're going to have to do more. And Brooks, like you said, they, 
they need to find him. They they got to get him set up, set him up more. I, I thought they they went to him quite a bit early when he he was beating up Connaughton in the post. Yeah, we saw that. I would say off the top of my head, at least four times, and I think he scored three times doing that. Um, so that was good to see that they were trying to exploit that, and it worked. But that just I don't know what happened to that stuff in the fourth quarter. Um, we did see Connaughton kind of end up on Beal more often, but still that should put Porter in a spot where he has an even smaller guy chasing him around. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a head-scratcher. The, the fourth quarter was way too unbalanced offensively and way too lax defensively, especially once they went up 90-75 and they just thought that's that. All right. Uh, lastly, before we get uh, Todd out back into the world, if you didn't already hear this, John Wall's not playing for a little bit. He's out at least two weeks, according to Brooks. I want to get to that part in a second. But in terms of what happened without him, with the starters and Tim Frazier tonight, they were a net, had a net rating of plus 2.8 in 23 minutes. For comparison, the starters this year with Wall in 169 minutes, plus 1.2. So, uh, you know, based on that, I mean, the starters weren't great. And they are, you know, like I said, they obviously struggled. But just in terms of the starting lineup, no real difference in 23 minutes, a small sample size, all of that. So, you know, I think Tim Frazier, for what he is, he was fine. He had 11 points, two assists, Beal was more the facilitator. Again, I don't, that's, on this night, they didn't necessarily lose because of that. That said, uh, your take on this whole John Wall injury thing, specifically, he's been telling us for 10 days, he's he's got fluid on his knee from this IV, and that's the issue. And we brought this up to Brooks. I've, I even asked the other people, like, hey, just to clarify, he's saying this. I don't know anything. It sounds weird. And nobody said much. Now they put out a statement today saying that the injuries occurred in the Dallas game, which was two games prior to the when he had the fluid and Z going into Atlanta, and that he had a knee-to-knee contact, and that's what led to it. And we hadn't heard anything about that the first time. Am I, oh, am I uh, sounding like a conspiracy theorist at all, or is there anything uh, – you know, what's your what's your sense of that? Because it seems a little confusing. Let's start with this. There's a hypersensitivity across sports about how our training staff is handling the players, right? We saw this with the Nationals made a major revamping of their training staff, I think, two years ago now. They held a press conference about the new training staff. That's how much they wanted to make sure public opinion was, was clear here. Obviously, in the NFL... The training staff is paramount, and everybody's watching. I mean, it, they're so hypersensitive about the about it in the NFL. They have tents now, so you can't see what's going on when someone goes to the table, and that you know applies here as well. Especially when you have your star player telling the public that he may have been not misdiagnosed but mistreated to a small degree. Um, when he received IV fluids and that led to a knee problem and he's kind of depositing this publicly. Um, I understand that the organization would 100% want to clarify from their perspective what what happened and what the facts should be around that. That said, the those two things don't really go together. It was 
John Wall independently playing doctor and just saying whatever he thought to us completely randomly. Did and he, he said did it mul- he Google it. And he said it multiple times. To multiple people, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both when, you know, in a formal setting in the locker room and on the side. Um, so that was that's, makes the whole thing kind of odd. Uh, the way he was bouncing around today, like he initially came in on crutches because he received the platelet-rich plasma injection this afternoon. And then by the end of the night, he was kind of just walking fine. He walked off the floor fine. I saw him walk out of the arena. He, wa- he was walking out fine. Um, he did take the elevator. did not take the stairs. Oh, I'll do that too. <laughs> well... Our listeners may find this hard to believe, but there is a difference in your athletic ability <laughs> and, and walls. How dare you? Um, and he commonly takes the stare. So, we'll, uh, you know, it's strange. I'll say that. The, I mean, the, the public discussion of it is strange. It doesn't, like I said, it doesn't surprise me at all that the team was very distinct in their statement. Um, and, and Brooks um, had, like, this kind of we we've seen this a lot in the congressional hearings where people can't remember something, and when Brooks was asked about the IVs, like he didn't get the question was asking about a correlation between what John was saying in the Dallas game and right. the knee to knee thing, and so he either misunderstood or he was kind of just a little foggy in the moment. I don't I, I don't know. So. Um, so that was interesting. What we should do is go back and watch the Dallas game and see if we can identify the moment because Brooks himself said he didn't know when exactly it occurred against the Mavericks. And obviously that was a long time ago and Wall played multiple times since. If there's, any, if there's anybody who's got crazy amount of time on their hand and uh, has that game somehow, uh, access to that game, go take a look and uh, le- and let us know. Uh, so again, the, the, the timeline is t- there approximately two weeks. Even Scott Brooks said, could be sooner, could be later. He's not the key. The key is just to not rush him back. In the two weeks wasn't like two weeks. He's back on the floor playing a game. It was Brooks was non-committal to what the two weeks meant. It was just when he's ready, he's ready. So hypothetically, two weeks would be about seven games over under seven and a half games he misses. You're the official knee expert of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Sadly, yes. Would you what would you say over under he misses more seven and a half games? Uh. I'll say under, which counters a bet I made tonight that said that I thought it would be uh, three weeks All right. instead well, of two. There's so, a, there's... so there's some serious hedging for you. Right. Here well, I'm saying under. I also bet on it being longer than they uh, well, suggested. The only thing that matters is what's said on this podcast, unless you've also tweeted it. I would argue <laughs> Twitter may have more uh, standing in a court of law, no, in, they, in the standing court of law. Yes. Well, maybe they. This was a person-to-person, real-life interaction and involved no social media um, phenomenon. Not familiar with that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, look, the Wizards, now the real fun starts. Seven of eight on the road. Uh, off till Tuesday. They're not practicing tomorrow. Back Monday. At least that's the last I heard that was the plan. Yep. So we will see uh, if we get any – I don't know if we're going to get any serious updates on John Wall before they go out on the road. But in any event, we'll be, up, we'll be on that watch. And we'll be watching to see if they can uh, – Stop blowing these late games. It's you know we're far enough into the season where this isn't early anymore. They're starting to be who we think they are, and right now they're a team that can't hold leads in the fourth quarter or play tons of defense late. 
On that chipper note, thanks as always to Mr. Todd Dibus. Follow him on Twitter at Todd underscore Dibus. I'm at Ben Standig, and we are out of here. Everybody just Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Long drive. Long shot. Dagger! Oh.